Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. to see your face and your beautiful expressions your hair isn't down to your ass like I thought it would be at this stage in quarantine it's touching the shoulders and it's getting out of hand so but your hair (laughs) looks really cute thanks little pony little pony um Um, lot to talk about on bravo this week Uh, and oh my gosh I hope all our listeners watched labor of love because we had our first reality tv star actually come talk to us on the podcast so we'll get to that a little later but it's very exciting and if you haven't watched the show maybe pause the podcast and go check out you know the first episode yeah there's a, a lot going on man also before we get into bravo I feel like we do need to touch on the last dance Oh, yeah, that uh, we both have been enjoying that. I felt like I was watching sports for a little while. I know. <laughs> it's super sad. I um, I'll also, as you know, I'm like more of a new basketball fan. Mm-hmm. So I knew so little about this entire fucking 90s basketball in general, let alone like the amazing 90s Bulls. And like, I didn't know about like the Pistons being like so badass. And yeah. like this whole, all of this, I had no idea Steve Kerr even played basketball. Like, I'm <laughs> such a fucking idiot. And all of it was so, I just spent every single moment watching this show, like, it's, I just <laughs> loved it. And I know there's different parts of it that feel like very sanitized and some people have beef with it, but I just, right. I fully think it's, the best thing ever made. I love it so much. I'm sort of just like, can we just enjoy one thing? Like, stuff is hard <laughs> enough right now. Like, well, let's get into the criticism of the Michael Jordan story, like, later when there's not a pandemic. Is yeah. that okay with everybody? Yeah. And speaking of, did you know that they released it early? So they were still finishing, like, the last back half of the season of episodes while they right. released it. And it was like, and yeah. at first, Tony and I were getting worried because we were like, what if the end of the season is, season is like, not as good because they were rushing it? It's it's phenomenal. It's, like, so yeah. well made. It's- it was excellent. The Steve Kerr story really stuck with me because, like, I'm I, – I feel like I'm that person on my basketball team where it's like – I'm not a superstar. I'm not the one who's going to, like, always save the game. Um, But I will, like, bust my ass to learn a new skill. And hearing him – just seeing him, like, put up shots over and over again in the gym by himself. And then hearing him say, like, you know, I would get five shots a game. So every single shot, like, really mattered. It was like I was proving my worth to my team. And I totally know – how hard that is and how much you can get in your own head in that situation. And then seeing him at the timeout at the end of the game with Michael Jordan, like covering his mouth, being like, okay, be ready. And him being like, I'll be ready. <laughs> so cute. I was I'll like, be ready. that's me. I'll, I'll be ready. And Michael Jordan's like, it's going to Steve. It's like so cool. And he's like, I got, I got this. I'll be ready. I know. I was like, that's so cute. It's just also cool to see him like that because he literally coached the most winning team of all time. He, he coached the 73 win Warriors. I know. So it's he's crazy. like, such a boss but at a certain point he was like yeah it was just like this guy who really wanted to pass on the court you know like whatever when he first like showed up in the dock I was like I turned to Tony was like I didn't even know that he played this is like that's the coolest flex of all time to then become like the most fucking 
unbelievable coach after you were on this team. Like, I love it. But that was before yeah. I even saw the cute shot clip. We already I got somebody it. in the comments saying LeBron is the GOAT. And I agree with you because I'm a Lakers mm. fan, man. So I'm on your side. <laughs> and LeBron is a fan of Dave. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he was like, season two, let's go. I was like, wow, LeBron James knows who you are. Unreal. <laughs> awesome. I was like sp- – absolutely speechless like the and also just the idea of lebron james watching tv like it's so funny to me and the idea of like me potentially being in a show that he's watching like on his like giant couch are you kidding (sighs) okay so let's get to our normal order of business yes let's Um, get to reality shows baby vanderpump rules what do we think Mm. do we think this is the last season i feel like it's certainly the last season of this nature, right? Do you think this is them saying goodbye to the actual, like, class of our beloved cast? I watched a interview with Kristen Doty, and she was saying it felt very final. It felt very sad. And uh, she was like, and honestly, I do agree with everybody that this is one of the worst seasons. In my opinion, it's the worst season since season two. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, that's the best season. <laughs> you just don't like it. <laughs> But I thought was, I, she said it so matter of factly. She was like, "It's just a bad season since that's, just like season two. And it's like, Mm-mm. that's hilarious. Mm-mm. Um, I think it's interesting that every single cast member has come out at some point and said this is a bad season, and I wasn't portrayed fairly. Like Sheena wanted to have her other, um, her fertility journey covered which I think would have been interesting Ariana was really mad that they kept saying she had no furniture because she has furniture yeah um like even Danny Pellegrino was chiming in about that argument and was like I shot the fancy AF cocktail book at her house they have beautiful furniture um what's the deal with that you know Jax was mad everyone was mad so I'm not sure like obviously I would love to see Stassi's wedding if she ever gets to have one and I would love to see one of them get pregnant but other than that I don't know how much more we have from this cast but eight seasons of a show like this is like pretty good you yeah know? So. I, I one of the comments says i think they'll make vanderpump spinoffs i would love that what would, I would that love even them, like be? vanderpump vegas like i don't want them to bring all these randos into the current cast and try to make us care the way that they did with dana i would rather them just start yeah. fresh and i can like or not like those people you know what i mean mm-hmm it just feels point. too, like, f- obviously fake to try to be like, oh, yeah, Max has always been the GM of TomTom, and they all hang out. And it's like, that's just not – I don't buy that, and I don't think anybody buys that, you know? No. Although he has been managing the two times that I went. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> but that's post-shooting, so he's like uh, – yeah. And managing, I mean walking around. Yeah. Looking like um, he's managing. <laughs> yeah, did you complain about something, or did he just, like – sort of like have an authoritative look he just had an assort like a grumpy like and i was like oh. and this was right after all those terrible headlines about him came out so i don't even oh, give him good. our attention but okay great um uh, let's next. talk about uh this real housewives of beverly hills teddy kyle friend dispute um yeah. everyone's saying that it's really strange how close teddy and kyle are I feel like we're not getting the whole story. It seems like some stuff has gone on behind the scenes with them because I don't understand, like, why they're so pissed off when we've seen close friendships on the show before. Do you think it's that – I think there seems to be a sense of – and this is very much just me guessing – that especially this cast, like, when they shoot, they get together. It seems like they have a fun time. 
But it's clear that Kyle and Teddy have a real relationship outside of the show that's, like, very substantial. Mm -hmm. There's, like, always paparazzi pictures of them, like, on little hikes together and whatever. And Kyle just saw Teddy's baby, like, the two days after she was born. Like, is there just some sort of jealousy amongst the other members of the cast that's like, no, but you guys, like, you guys are hanging out outside of filming and we're not. Like, none of us are. (laughs) I don't know if that's part of it. But I also, I've been accused of, like, my girlfriend Georgie and I are, like, like sisters. And at different times in our lives, especially when we've been single, we're, like, borderline in a relationship. And I think that that's, like, pissed other people off or, like, been weird. So Mm -hmm. I feel I've I've felt like the, the Kyle or the Teddy in certain situations. But I don't know. What do you think? I kind of think there's a little bit of a mean girl element for some people on the other end of their friendship. Like, they Mm. showed those flashbacks where Erica was defending herself, and it was like, you know, why... I don't know. She just seemed to feel very attacked by them. And I think a lot of the other girls are feeling like no matter what Teddy does, you defend her. And anytime Teddy gangs up on someone, you'll jump in and do the same thing. So... Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be, it is weird that they're accusing them of going to couples therapy though. I'm like, they're just dealing with their anxiety together on the couch. I don't understand. That was brutal. That was like therapy shaming. Threatened by that. Yeah, it was very bizarre. But I don't know. They spend more time around them than we do. And the fact that every single woman feels that way, except for Kyle and Teddy is like really interesting. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Especially, you know me and my loyalty to Erica. If Erica Girardi says that something's up, I'm like... All of her Broadway yeah. rehearsals this week were making me emotional. I Can I like, tell you, our uh, first guest that we ever had on the podcast, Abby Caldwell, and I went to a Broadway dance class like oh, six months ago or something, and we learned that exact choreography. No, you That's didn't. That's the Fosse Hot Honey Rag choreography, and it's like – it's kind of wonky because your legs and arms are like, they're like, your legs are turned in, but you're like walking yeah. forwards. It's really hard. Oh my God, and you bitches should invite me. This is yeah. fun. Next I fucking we'll love this. Next I, time we can go in a building and not get a deadly virus, we will definitely yeah. invite you. <laughs> oh my God, cute. And then we'll yeah. be Broadway babies together. Yes. That's really um, cute. Oh, uh, speaking of Beverly Hills, I just yeah. want to know your take. I don't know if we've ever even talked about this before on astrology. Oh, um... I I believe in it. Um, I have never had like my full chart done, so I don't. I'm a Gemini. I don't know what Ooh. my rising sign is. Yeah, so I'm like very it's much Gemini like on, season, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am on the Rena page of like people always know where they stand with you because you can over communicate. Like that's mm. something I very much identify with. But um, I don't know my other two signs. I thought it was interesting. It's pretty spot on for the most part. I, I I will say, though, Mike is a Scorpio, and he is – I've dated other Scorpios, and he's not like a traditional Scorpio. Yeah. He's not like a crazy sex maniac. So. I wonder what his moon sign is. Yeah, I don't know. What like about the- you? You're into astrology? Yeah. I've, I've also been – I think since moving to L.A., too, I loved – like the first year, my friends and I were like, oh, my God, now we love crystals and astrology. And yeah. I have always – I think it's designed so that you do read your – I don't know what the right word – your sign, and you're, then you're like, oh, my God, this is me. But I have always felt that way with Aquarius, which is what I am. And then I'm an Aquarius with my Leo moon rising, and my parents are Leos. And, like, I've read that a lot of that combination are just, like, attention-seeking actor types, <laughs> but who are still, like, creative well, and, like, go. nice people, but, like, are kind of, like, self-centered and, like, can come off as, like, cold or egocentric. Aww. Like, but it's a little – it's Denise and Erica. And so I was like, 
Yeah, I am Denise and Erica. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think you're cold. I think you're the opposite of Thank cold. You. But yeah. All right. Well, good to know you're very into astrology. Tony also hates it. He'll probably break up with me after listening to this. Well, he, I'm he, the like, Tony in the relationship. Yeah, so. <laughs> you're the Tony. He's like, it's an anti-science. I don't know why we support this kind of anti-science with people. It's crazy. It's just fun. It's for fun. It's fun. If you feel like you're lost and you, nobody can give you answers and things aren't going your way, it's comforting to have someone try to like give you some prediction and like yeah. let you know how to like relate to people. Chill out, Tony. It's also Everyone. nice. I think any excuse to be like self-reflective is nice. I think like even if it's just like girlfriends sitting around in this like in this episode and like talking about what they think their personalities are prone to do and not do and who they're attracted to or comfortable with I think it's like never a bad conversation to have so if astrology is the jumping point of that then I do think it's harmless I think like if you're purposely avoiding people because you find out that they're like Tauruses or something then you should like check yourself but yeah it's sort of like fun to validate your behavior after the fact or someone else's behavior being like well they're a Taurus so (laughs) someone was like it caters to the readers but it is indeed fun to make connections yeah Yeah, that's yeah and anytime I find out someone's a Gemini, I'm like, yes, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking like, of, did you crazy. know Michael Jordan and I have the same birthday? Oh, my God. That's so awesome. It's me, Michael Jordan, birthday. and Paris Hilton. Wow. I have the same birthday as Prince and Mike Pence. So, <laughs> Wow. Wow. Prince and Pence. Really covering the spectrum of Geminis here. <laughs> um. Uh, let's talk about how Candy Burris won the mass Singer and she officially usurped Ryan Seacrest as the hardest working person in Hollywood, Insane. in my opinion. How did she do that? I don't know. She just like secretly was filming for months and months and months and like couldn't tell anyone about it and didn't even bring it up when she was like having problems with Todd on this topic while she was filming Real Houses of Atlanta. Like that is some like NDA like professionalism you know yeah. she fucking um, works harder than anyone it's insane. she's excellent I love Have her you watched, then, you've watched Mass Singer have we talked about this yeah it's uh I don't want to watch any part except for when they take their masks off <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't like watching the terrifying like weird clue videos of them like in their costumes with aliens and bodyguards and stuff and they're like speaking is- in code yeah, I mean, that part is okay, but the judging feedback is, like, insane. I don't I don't love that part. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I was going to say it's funny, and it's, like, just even furthers her point that on this reunion, she was, like, uh, fighting with Nini, and she was, like, talking about how many hit songs she's written because she's written for Destiny's Child, and she's written for, like, a bunch of things. She also, like, had some hits herself and was in Escape, and she was like, I'm embedded in your brain, bitch. My songs were in your brain before you knew me. Like, and I was like, I love a woman with this much confidence. Like, I love Denise Richards saying, I'm fucking Denise Richards, and I love <laughs> Candy just, like, claiming, like, what an incredible songwriter she is, you know? I am embedded in your brain, bitch. Yeah. Wow. That's a t-shirt waiting to happen. So great. Um, also on the reunion, which I think they're doing a fantastic job, it scares me because there's no last looks and there's no like professional wardrobe department and their areolas are like about to make an appearance. And you could, see, you could like see yourself in the, the screen. Like yeah. right now, if my boob was falling out, I yeah. would catch it. It's, I would it but I it. guess they're like distracted and like there's a lot going on. Yeah. But girls. Maybe it's maybe it's one of those things where it's like if you scooch too far on one side, the other side's just gonna come all the way out. 
I don't know. Very silly. And I bet uh, they're like more comfortable at home. Like at the reunion, they're like the posture is so great on those couches. And like yeah. me right now, I'm like a hunchback of like Notre Dame. Like I guess they probably too feel at this point like yeah, if it does show, like they're gonna cut around it. They can't. Use it. You know, <laughs> like, like they'll take think care about of it. how much we've seen Fix of it in Nini at this point. She's like, it's a you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome yeah. for everything. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, do you want to talk about Real Houses of New York? Yes. Uh, I wanted I to ask you, like, what's the weirdest um, spa treatment you've ever done? I've done – I've gone to the Wee Spa, the Korean spa in Koreatown. Uh-huh. And I did the um, exfoliation table thing. Have you heard of this? They bring you in – it's very, like, clinical and, uh, like, the, it kind of feels like you're in a car wash because uh-huh. that whole spa, like, there's very bright, like, fluorescent lights and, like, once you get to the floor where it's all women, you're just like, everyone's just naked head to toe. And then you wow. could go, you have appointments and there's like stalls, almost like a dog groomer. There's like stalls. And then you lay on a table and someone puts on someone who works at Wee Spa uh, puts on these gloves that are like exfoliating, like Brillo pads uh-huh. and they scrub down your whole body head to toe. And it's like not pleasant or relaxing (laughs) but they like just fucking get it done it's like probably 10 minutes long and like some parts of it are like a little harsh afterwards though you can like go into the sauna or you go into like a pool or whatever your skin is like so fresh and clean and baby smooth and that's do they scrub it with something or just like a harsh glove like a it's like a harsh glove there might be there is like it's the it's mostly the glove but i do think they have like a another like exfoliant like a better version Mixture. of uh okay. yeah like a like a saint knives like apricot situation thing but it was so weird i someone else had sworn by it and i had always thought like spa things are like really nice and pleasant and this was like so unpleasant but the result was phenomenal okay all oh, right nude hot you. springs in colorado someone said that would be great are those like outside yeah, you'd be I think so. Wow, that's I would have to work up the courage to do that. What's the weirdest thing you've ever done? Uh, I <laughs> let Mike book a a treatment at the La Quinta Inn and Spa in Palm Springs, and I didn't double check what he booked. I was like, whatever you want, <laughs> it's fun. He booked something called a Vichy rain shower. So you walk into this room that's like completely stone. And there's, like, several spigots of hanging from the ceiling. And it's, like, the lighting is yellow. And it, to me, as a Jewish woman, looks like a gas chamber. <laughs> and I, so immediately I'm like, this is bad. What did we get ourselves into? You lay on, you lay naked with a just a thin cloth to cover your, you know, junk. And they scratch you all up with some kind of, like, mixture of brambles or something. And then they hose you off on top of a massage table that's wrapped in plastic. And the whole time I was like, am I going to have to lay on a wet massage table for a massage after this? I was like so upset about it. I couldn't even enjoy the process. And they just basically like squirt all the shit off of you. And then they make you stand up naked and they peel the plastic off the massage and they and then they give you a massage on the table. And as I was like looking up at the thing, I saw like flies like in the spigots or whatever. And I was like, can we just could we just move to a regular room now that the squirting part is over? 
Now that the squirting <laughs> part is over. Wait, did you say this was at a La Quinta Inn? Yeah. Yeah. Like a hotel, just like no, a no, hotel. No, no, no. La Quinta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, they have like, you know, you can do a timeshare there or whatever. Okay. Uh, okay it's like a nice, okay. Amy Schumer goes to this spot. Okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it. So got I thought it. like no matter what we choose, um, it'll be fine. And then I was wrong. And now I never let Mike choose anything Did he ever just pick again. it because it had the word showers in it? Like why did he pick it? I, who knows what his brain is ever thinking, especially about spa treatments. I have no idea. He just probably thought it was funny. And then afterwards, he was laughing at me before I even said anything. And he was like, the whole time, I was just thinking about how upset you were. Yeah, for sure. It sucked. It was terrible. But, you know, maybe for someone else. Maybe if I had been, like, better informed of the process, I wouldn't have been so freaked out, you know? Yeah, it's never pleasant if you're, there's, like, a bunch, you're just, like, waiting for the next thing and any kind of, like, spa or beauty or medical treatment. If you're just, yeah, like, like, next? But you're too nervous to hurt? ask. Yeah. yeah, can someone give me some guidance? Am I going to be, happening? like, completely naked? Like, what's going on, you know? Um, Don't like I that. watched this episode with Ramona having like all her friends over for like chatting and networking and I was like if I am these women's ages and I still have to network just fucking smother me I don't want to network when I'm fucking 70 years old <laughs> there's no way I'll be like I'll just let my business fail and go that's a very do good whatever. point that's like, a that's, very good point who's excited about that at that point no. not me it's you, terrible. And you could do I think it would be it's like if you pitched it as like you know a, a, a reason to just socialize and hang out and be like, I just want to introduce some fun gals. Like, yeah. I want to start a book club or I want to have a fucking happy hour with some of my friends who don't know each other. But to specifically make it like, we are networking. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, like, that's not, that is really depressing. That's very no, depressing. You. I would like to be done networking now. Yeah, me too. And Any we're day not. Now. <laughs> I want to get to the part of the career where you can start punishing people that you don't like. That's what I want to get to. No more being nice to people just for the That's sake it. of building connections. You're no. almost there. I feel like you're pretty much there. You can yeah, start maybe, doing it right yeah, now. Maybe, uh, yeah, after, yeah, during season two of Dave, I'll just start being a dick. Call, <laughs> just call some people out right now on Instagram Live. <laughs> well, William says, can't wait to see your career bloom, which I think well, means I'm allowed to start being a bitch to people. See, eventually. if you guys keep telling your friends to watch this kind of shit and you keep commenting and liking all this stuff, then like Taylor can start calling people out. <laughs> And that's the point of fame, you guys. That's that the point is, of fame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram so she can be a bitch. <laughs> someone did ask. It looked like we had a new follower. And someone oh, right. asked, which I could quickly uh, yeah. address, that they were like, hey, love you guys. Can you just explain, like, the meaning of table flipping, like, where the title of it comes from? Alyssa. Um, someone said you're developing a God complex. Yeah, she is. <laughs> now, I'm going to turn against you now. <laughs> It's you Sorry. destroying me. I love this. This is so funny. Um, table flipping is a reference to the iconic episode of Real Housewives of New Jersey where Ter Teresa Juice Judice, oh, excuse me, loses her mind in a fight with Danielle Staub, calls her a prostitution whore, and flips a table at a large dinner in a restaurant. And we so love it. We think that's great. We think it's television history and it should be talked about. So w our weekly goal is to talk about things like this or akin to this and celebrate it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for asking, and thanks for um, listening to us thanks while we talk about out. this stuff. Um, I also left? was like, oh. I'm going to start putting retinol from here all the way down to my, like, belly button. 
after seeing this episode of Real Housewives of New York and them talking about their like crepey cleavage and stuff, I was just like, oh no, man. Either yeah. turtle, turtlenecks or bust. I don't know. Yeah, like, I do. I've been aggressively applying sunscreen to my chest now. Because I yeah. at first it started a few years ago, it started with my hands too. I was like, oh, hands age yeah. like first and we forget about them and we don't fucking care. And so I put sunscreen all over my hands all the time. And yeah, now it's the now it's the chest. Do you use retinol? No. But I, I just started about using starting it. it. it yeah, because there's like a transition period. I'm like, what what better time than when no one's ever gonna see me? How's yes, it going? exactly. It's it starts I mean, it's it was good. I did it like once a week for a little bit. Now I do it every other night. It does like make you peel. Sam Cotton, who is a listener and a fan, has mm-hmm. very sensitive skin and started using the same retinol as me and was like warning everyone about it. She was like, Be careful with retinol. It's so much. I have uh, very but, sensitive skin too, so I don't know if I could pull it off. But it's it's uh it's fun to see things. Do you like do you like face masks that like sting? No. Or like I love I love like feeling shit. Ha- like I use that Aztec mask where you can feel it pulse. I like like astringent when it like stings. I just like when you could feel a product, which is probably fucked up of me. Yeah. But for that reason I really like retinol. But Yeah. Well, that's great. See, you're doing the thing that I wish I could do, which is, you know, fuck up your face in the middle of the pandemic when no one can see you. <laughs> But it doesn't look fucked up, so you're doing great. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, it just made me think, like, I'm very stingy with my skincare products sometimes. I'm like, okay, I'll do my neck, but the rest has to be, like, cheap products because I don't want to use all my face stuff, like, on the rest of – who cares? Mm. And then, I don't know, I was looking at – they're beautiful women, and they look gorgeous, and they, ha- I'm sure, pay so much money for treatments and stuff, but I'm like, man, your neck really gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point, it's like you got to invest in the neck. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. Can you believe that Tinsley said she sleeps in her hoop earrings? I think she said that because she didn't want to seem like elitist for not wanting to give them her like Cartier jewelry. You know? Oh, okay. I was like, she's like, That's I sleep in my hoops. Yeah, I just insane. never, I never take them off. I'm like, yeah, okay, but also you think they're gonna steal your diamonds? Like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put like, ooh, I can't. Ugh, that's gross. it. Really freaked me out. I was like, I can't even sleep in studs. So yeah, that no, I don't. To me. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> How do you feel about? Sorry, I wrote this down. I forgot to tell you before, but I think it's so funny. Leah's boyfriend being like a PETA man, and it made me think of. I know a lot of people are talking about Dave in the comments. Dave Bird fucking loves PETA and like PETA bread and like hummus. Like the man loves hummus, and it says something because he like doesn't eat regular human food. He like basically eats chicken and hummus. And Wait, I was like, why? Is that... He just like doesn't like regular food? Yeah, he doesn't eat fruits or vegetables. Wow. And it's it's insane that he's alive. He started drinking like juices when we were on set because he recognizes that he like needs nutrients, but he okay. mostly just eats hummus and chicken and noodles. But he loved pita and like uh there's like a really great Santa Monica place that's like borderline fast food that's like just a hummus bar. Mm-hmm. But Leah having a pita boyfriend, I was like, that's a phenomenal boyfriend I think she was like he's made a lot of money selling pita he has like yeah. the biggest pita place in Brooklyn like he's a good boyfriend <laughs> yeah she's also like I like to be the princess and I just want like an ugly guy <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> great I'm glad that you know what you want but her ex-husband or whatever her her the guy she her baby daddy with, he is he's not ugly he's cute so I don't he know we'll see what you think ugly is you know yeah um oh and the one last quote that I thought was so funny was Lu- Luann hanging out with Tinsley and Leah and like 
happy and cool and like one of the young guys. And then she aged herself in the most hilarious way when she was like, well, uh, you, you shouldn't b confront R Ramona about this because she'll get Cardi B gangster on your head. <laughs> she'll go all Cardi B gangster on your head. And I was like, what does that even mean? What are you talking about? And the girls just like Brilliant. laughed it off. And I was like, I've, that's like, are you a grandma, Luann? Is Luann yeah. a grandma? Uh, not yet. No, not yet. She could be, but not yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very silly. All right. Well, so should we intro our very special yes. interview that we have? You want to yes. take it away? Okay. Also, I want to know, because obviously the people are clamoring for it. I mean, <laughs> you're not. But 90 Day Fiance had like a huge reveal. Right. The, the past two weeks, basically, with David finally meeting Lana in Kiev. And Lana is fucking real, which is insane. But 90 Day is like the best at showing basically 14 seconds of a juicy plot every week. So we're going to mm -hmm. wait until next week when we learn a little bit more about Lana and their current relationship uh, in next week's episode. So we will address that next week. Um, but our guest this week is Christy Katzman, who was uh, a contestant on The Bachelor and is currently a star of Labor of Love, which premiered last night, which we mm -hmm. watched. And it's a very fascinating show. It's kind of like, you know, Fox's response to The Bachelor and it's a pretty fucking good one in that instead of just looking for a husband or a partner she's looking for her baby daddy uh and it's a very like meaning kind of sorry meaning that she wants to have a baby and she may choose a partner to do it with at the end not like mm. she's pregnant and she doesn't know who her baby daddy is which is also a great idea for a show she's Somebody looking should do that. for her baby daddy like he's that's missing that's just mama mia honestly he ran away mama yeah mia. that's mama mia so christy katzman of mama mia fame yes no good point okay so she's not looking for him like he's lost or she doesn't right, know where right. he is she's looking for a potential baby daddy uh someone to have a child with if she doesn't ultimately pick any of these men she's gonna have one anyway because she's mm -hmm. a boss ass bitch but the first episode was really funny and like kind of shocking and addresses things like sperm count and fertility in a really interesting yeah. way that we talk about in our podcast yeah. um and yeah it was like so fun and exciting for us to interview her and you guys will have to tell us if we sounded as like nervous and excited as we were <laughs> yes uh sorry i was distracted by how white my teeth look in this instagram live video <laughs> <laughs> You're like just checking out. I'm I thought you were distracted by the it. comment that said Jax Taylor is I my role model. And I was like, Jax Taylor is my role model. You are know you what? okay? It's like you, you, you shouldn't be. <laughs> Don't. If that was meant to get a rise out of us, it's working. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Honestly. Yeah. Maybe don't do as much Adderall as him and you'll be great. Yeah. Jeez. Um, all okay. right. Well, let's get to the interview. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, commenting and chiming in. This was fun. <laughs> 15 men, one single woman. But if you think you've seen this before, if I want to have a baby this year, think again. Shoot it, you know, I'm ready. Let's have some kids, you know? Who will Christy choose to start a family? You are very different from me. I actually really like that about you. Labor of Love delivers this Thursday on Fox. Hello. Today we are so delighted to have an incredibly special guest, a former contestant on The Bachelor and the current star of Fox's new show, Labor of Love, which premiered last night. The wonderful, successful, smart, and so offensively beautiful Christy Katzman. <laughs> Hi, Christy. Thank you for coming on with us. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. 
Um, I have to say your hair is incredible. Like, yeah, it's, I ugh. have major curl envy. It's so gorgeous. Okay, I automatically <laughs> love you because anyone in my family will tell you my hair is the bane of my existence. So you could not have given me a better compliment. Oh, <laughs> wow. Nice. How are you holding up? What's your situation like right now? You know, I'm I'm good. You know, I think this is a, a weird time for, for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think having the show right now kind of come out and unfold that's definitely a a bright spot you know and I Mm -hmm. hope it's something that other people can look forward to as well um you know I think it's a serious subject matter which I'm sure we'll get into but I think as you can already tell it's it's pretty funny too and you know (laughs) specifically some of these things we put the men through so you know I hope this becomes a little bit of a bright spot for people and you know that it may be opens up some doors and and changes people's minds about some things too. Yes, let's get into it. So first of all, having a new television show to work look forward to every week is truly just keeping me sane. So I'm so <laughs> yeah, excited. it's truly a gift. Yeah. Um <laughs> you have decided for yourself that you're ready to have a child with or without a partner, but this this process is hoping to yield a partner. Is that is that accurate? Yes, 100%. Okay. So I think it's fantastic that you're like, I'm ready to be a mom regardless of everything else. And I'm ready to have like straightforward conversations with all of these guys. I know so many women that I'm friends with who at a certain point have to, you know, make a decision like as far as their biological clock is concerned um, about having those tough conversations from the get-go with people like do you want kids becomes a big sticking point in relationships and it's so refreshing to see it handled in such a like fun and romantic and funny way in this series was that something that um really like grabbed you and made you want to be part of this process yes I mean I I love that you said that I think you actually said it perfectly that's exactly what we set out to do You know, it's true what you say. I always laugh. It's like, I feel like I have to ask those big questions. You know, do you want kids? Like before you even finish your first glass of wine. I mean, as if a first date is not awkward enough, right? So everyone signing up for this is in the same spot and, and knows what's on the table. And I think for me... That was such a huge relief and it did so much sorting up front. You know, that's tough. But like you say, you know, in the last few years, that's a conversation that I had to have sooner rather than Uh later, like before the first glass of wine was finished. So, um, (laughs) you know, so many awkward moments to count. And I think I did get a little bit of a kick out of putting the men in into those awkward moments for a change. Um, It was kind of nice to be in the other seat. So hopefully we can all appreciate that. That's so awesome. Um, Let's just talk a little bit about your previous history on the very popular Bachelor franchise. First of all, I just want to say we did a little bit of a reviewing of, you know, that season, which was notoriously like kind of a difficult one because I think nobody was chosen at the end, which seems so insane to me. But I noticed that (laughs) your job at the time was acupuncturist. Are you still doing acupuncture? I, I don't. I'm still in holistic health. I mean, that's that's been my livelihood. That's my passion. Um, I'm a big fan of acupuncture. It's helped me a lot with my migraines. And it was just very refreshing to see um, that you had like a real a real job because a lot of times in the current version of The Bachelor, it's like some made up like dolphin enthusiast or like yeah. clothier or something. So we were very impressed that you're an acupuncturist. 
It's a real thing, right? I remember thinking on the show, you know, and I was 29 too, which feels really young to me now, but I, I think I was the if, the oldest, if not yeah. one, one of the oldest on the show to your point. But yeah, I mean, that's a real thing. Like I remember at the time I had a, a real career to go back to where I was taking care of people's health. You know, I think mm-hmm. how you get portrayed is, is really crucial. You know, I think that was real for me then. This is real for me now. And I think I really try to do my best to portray myself, you know, as, as I really am. Well, and there's so many moments too, where you're very, like, you're just very open and very honest. And there's so many sweet moments in the show that really caught me off guard of you being so vulnerable. And was that something that what came easily to you or was something that you just like had to make up your mind? Like I need, in order for this to work out, I kind of need to put my whole heart in it. Like, what was that like? Um, yeah, that, (laughs) it was not easy. You know, I mean, that is the truth. It's, it's, this was a process for me to even, you know, get to the point where I was selected. And I remember, you know, I kind of told myself like, Hey, if I, if I get picked from, for this, you know, this is meant to be part of my journey and I can't say no, you know, my only reason Mm -hmm. to say no would be fear. And, you know, as soon as I had that thought, I knew I would do the show. You know, I'm not going to not do something because I'm afraid, but, you know, I am very independent in all of those things, but I'm also actually pretty private, you know, so to open up about something that is so personal and so vulnerable was scary Mm -hmm. for me, you know, but I knew the only way to do it well was to put everything I had out there. You know, I really did go into this with a completely open mind, with a completely open heart. And I gave it everything, you know, that I have. And and I felt like that was the only way for this to work. That was the only way for this to inspire other women, to open doors for women. There could be no holding back, you know, so I hope hope that really comes across. I think it's It's, awesome. It makes it so special. I love that we're normalizing this piece of the conversation. Like it's okay for someone to say, hey, I know I want a family and that doesn't make me like needy or, or, you know, too quick to be like, hey, we're just meeting, but I want to get married right now or whatever it is. I think that's an obstacle that a lot of modern women face. And I love that you were so honest about it in the beginning of this series. I also want to know, what was it like hanging out with Kristen Davis? I mean, (laughs) she's Charlotte from Sex and the City. Like, were you just totally fangirling over her? I mean, if nothing else happened, that made it worth it right there, right? I mean, she's amazing. Like, I love Sex and the City. I mean, Charlotte truly was my girl. So to actually get to meet Kristen and and have Kristen as my sidekick. I mean, there is no one else I would have wanted. I was completely surprised and blown away by that. But I remember thinking the moment when I met her, okay, whatever else happens, this is good. This is fine. This is worth it. You know? I was so impressed with how natural you seemed because I would be shaking the whole time. I'd be like, I know. The guys, I, would I just be want to screaming. talk about in the city. <laughs> I think I, know, I was I have so shaking. many questions. Yeah, it's also it's so fun to see her because of her like her incredibly unique plot with fertility and marriage in the show. And then her in real life, like it talks about it a little bit on the show, like her experience with adoption. And I love that she's like just a a part of this and a producer on this. And this has like become a big like platform of hers that I think is so amazing. Yeah, I mean, she's she's such a great spokesperson for this because she is representative of this woman, you know, and it's really about. What, what are your dreams? How are you going to make that happen? You know, it's about going mm-hmm. out there and getting what you want and not letting someone else write your story. 
you know, and Kristen is, is the perfect example of that. So I think having her, you know, besides being really cool and great for me, um, you know, it sets the tone for what this is. And I think it, it really, I think you see that off the bat, you know, there really is no one that could have stepped into that role more perfectly because she, she is this woman too. I just, I want to get into obviously like the nitty gritty of dating 15 guys, which I think is so fun and exciting. And I've always wanted to ask somebody in your shoes, this question, and it may seem silly, but how the heck do you remember all of their names at first? Oh my gosh. Okay. So that, that is not a silly question. (laughs) It's also, by the way, (laughs) in theory, fun to date 15 guys, but it's super hard. (laughs) It's really hard. (laughs) But I have to say, I think it's like what I was worried about that too. But in truthfully, like up front, you know, when I, when I met the guys, I didn't get to spend that much time with them, but I think I was so focused and invested on this process. I can honestly tell you that I knew every single name and face after that initial Mm. meeting just on my own. So, um, I was actually impressed with myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. That's so impressive. I guess it makes sense. Like the stakes are so high. You're walking out there and you're like, oh gosh, like all of these guys are so important to me all of a sudden. I got to know their names and faces. I wanted to ask too. I mean, obviously you're a very beautiful woman and I'm sure, you know, when you walk into a bar, you're turning heads. But what is it like to have, you know, 15 guys straight up like ogling you the second you walk down those steps? I mean, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, like I didn't even know how it was going to meet the guys I kind of assumed you know maybe it would be like in The Bachelor where they have to come up and meet me and suddenly I found out that I was going to have to walk into the middle of this cocktail party where they no doubt had been imbibing heavily in the bourbon you know beforehand (laughs) love the little like when Harry met Sally style like uh, parent interviews about relationships and all and you know what they hope for their kids Um, what was it like having your parents involved in this were you worried they were going to say something super embarrassing about you you know I mean it's easy for parents to embarrass you right I realize I'll be in that position too one day there's like no way around it so um, you know no honestly like I think I've kind of gotten to this point where you know, whatever happens, it's okay. My, my parents are super cute. They're super supportive. I mean, if anything, I was worried about them because I'm sure they never thought they'd have a daughter who, you know, went on TV and was on a reality show. You know, they, that is the last thing they want to do is be, be on TV. But, you know, of course they said yes without hesitation because they're so supportive. So they could have said whatever they wanted. And, you know, I'm just grateful that they did it, but it's actually cute for me to see, see them on TV and, and see the things that they have to say. But I think they actually had a lot of fun with the whole experience, which is great. So one thing, and this kind of goes to a question that Taylor has too, but as I was watching and I saw some of the guys' parents saying like, you know, we hope we, hope we get a boy out of this. It struck me as kind of odd and and disappointing and a little bit of a pressure in the in in a very like conservative traditional sense yeah super antiquated yeah strange like this whole carrying on the family name um did you we were wondering you know what order you got to watch the episodes in like while you were filming or was it all the way after and how did you feel when you saw their families uh sort of expressing that yeah, you know, I think the, those comments, you know, did come up. Um, I wouldn't have necessarily seen the parents saying that right, but, you know, 
it's it's surprising, you know. I guess what what people will tell will tell you to your face, which which is yeah. good if you're having um, serious questions. Like I, I want straight answers for people. However, I do find that to be extremely offensive. You know, I have yeah. two sisters. I certainly heard comments like that. You know, growing up, and um, it's not okay. So things like that are are things I take into consideration. You know, my whole goal is to have healthy babies. Like boy, girl, you know, both, both are fun. Um, so I don't think there's much more you can say about that. I know I'm right there (laughs) with you. I was trying to be like respectful to whatever everyone wants for their own family, I guess. But I was like, what? I'm a girl and I'm awesome. You know, come on. Exactly. And and you're way better at basketball than most boys I know, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really? Like, what does this say to like, this is, this is a, a, a female lead in this show like yeah like this is pretty outdated you know think about what you're it's, saying I think it's it's interesting too because it taught it's a good example though of how this is like starting not only one big conversation but all of the little ones that come with it so it's like you're you're talking to these guys about it, how they want to be a dad and it leads to all of these different kind of more specific dialogues, right? Like all of a sudden he, one of them is like, well, I really want boys. And another one is like, well, I have a, you know, I work in a funeral home and that would be why kids would be hanging out in the funeral home or whatever. Like there's so many specific conversations that come off of this that are, I, I loved watching. Cause I was like, Oh, I never see conversations like this on TV and I'm not as privy to them in my real life. So it was like very fascinating to me. And I think it's a very, it makes it incredibly unique. Alyssa and I talk a lot about how reality shows can showcase uh, scenes with with women that we don't really see in scripted TV. And this is such a good example yeah, of that. Yeah, such a strong example of that. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think to your point, um, you know, maybe some of the things that the guys said even surprised them because you're right. A lot of times these conversations are not had until you're well into a relationship. And, you know, maybe you make some concessions then, right? Because you've already fallen for this person or, you know, whatever. But when you have these conversations up front, it really changes the way that you're navigating dating because you're truly making decisions based on exactly what you say you want. That's one of the other things I wanted to ask. Like, is there, um, maybe it's just something that you've started to look for as most important in a, in a partner, but was there a difference between dating for just yourself and dating for someone you want to see as the father of your child? Yeah, that is a great question. And I had to really think about that. You know, I think because truly like when I have been dating, although in recent years, the question about kids, you know, does come up pretty quickly because it has to, I certainly Mm -hmm. was leading with, with finding that romantic connection. Right. And I think in this case I was going in and the men were going in knowing there was something, you know, much bigger at at stake. So I think for me, what I wanted was someone who truly wanted to be a hands-on dad you know, who was accomplished in his own right, secure, giving, okay. and, and also really ready to be an equal partner. So, you know, I want it all. So I wanted the romance too. <laughs> and I think you see that sprinkled in there, but that was no longer the number one reason to make a decision about someone. I, I feel like there's a difference between do you want kids and what kind of dad do you see yourself as? So I think that's great that you're having those conversations. Exactly. Um, go ahead, Taylor. Um, Do you find, I think it's very exciting to see uh, you be very direct with a lot of these guys and both in like kind of like positive ways and then like confrontational ways. Did you find that, uh, are you that type of person in regular life where you could just write to their face, like, sorry, I don't see myself starting a family with you. What was it like saying that to people? Like, I just, it was so 
interesting to watch. You know, the, the eliminations are tough because, you know, I was thinking about this actually. And, you know, there's a reason people ghost people, right? It's not the right yeah. thing to do, but those conversations are really freaking hard to have, you know? So, yeah. um, but I, that was difficult. And, you know, for no other reason than those are difficult conversations to have. And I, I always try, you know, to kind of say to someone like, here's what I like about you, but here's why it doesn't work. But that's not fun. And that's not easy. But that's the right thing to do. Um, so I would say, I'm definitely very honest. And, you know, I, I do think I'm direct. But I think in, in regular life, you can be a little softer about that. But in this case, <laughs> Yeah. It's just there. It's on the line. So I think in everyone's interest, I really did just try to be as direct as possible, but, you know, being kind at the same time. Taylor, did you want to talk about um, my favorite moment of episode one that uh, you very uh, affectionately have a name for? I was, we were both watching the show and I texted her and I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait to talk about the jack off truck. It is. So it's just so because I, I, reading about the premise of the show too before we actually got to watch it I was really like oh my gosh how are they going to get into this like I, I really do want to know about the nitty-gritty of talking about like essentially like sperm donations and yeah. right in this first episode we get this giant truck and they are collecting their sperm in the truck was that day Alyssa also was wondering if were they coming out like of the truck did they get to have like Last makeup touch-ups yeah, like were like, they sweaty they like sweating? what was that like <laughs> and you had to stand there the whole time sorry go ahead <laughs> uh, it's so funny I remember thinking like honestly the guys are, are coming out of the marble sperm sperm unit right and like I don't want to shake their hands. Like, I don't want them to come give me a yeah. hug. Like, I just so <laughs> awkward. You know, I remember thinking, like, I don't see hand sanitizer around here. Oh, my God. I mean, wow. the, the mood changed real quick. Let's just say that, you know. It was such a funny way to just, like, get everything started. Just, like, right on the table. And I, th- I it also made me really... Uh, c- connect with the guys and appreciate that the guys were there that they were just all good sports about it really cracked me up I mean I love that you say that because that's exactly how I felt I mean honestly like I was shocked and I <laughs> think also secretly pleased because truthfully I thought half these guys are gonna leave right no way are they gonna do this but you know they really impressed me and I think one of the biggest fears I had going into this was could any of these guys really be here for the right reason? You know, are they here for the same thing that I am? And honestly, if they're willing to go through that you know, pretty quickly after meeting me, um, knowing that's going to be on TV, I, I really think that speaks to their dedication to this whole process and how much they wanted to be there. And, you know, what kind of started out being super awkward and embarrassing, um, you know, proved to actually be really inspirational. You know, I think that really set the tone for, for everything else you know, that, that kind of happened, but it definitely put that fear out of my head of, are any of these guys here for the same reason as me? Did you, there's really cool, this reminds me of that, that every episode has these cool challenges where they could kind of prove their like paternal instincts and just like different tests. Were you a part of planning any of those or were, were the production team was just like, listen, now we're going to have a 
a camping contest or whatever? Like how involved were you in the planning of those things? Yeah. So, I mean, they really designed all those drills around what I was looking for in a partner and, you know, parent to my children. So they were really specifically designed around, you know, qualities that I said I wanted. So, you know, either they were going to showcase those qualities in these men or not. You know, and I think right. what was super interesting about the drills and, and you know, they're, they're kind of crazy, right? I mean, it's really amazing what these men are willing to go through. They, they impressed me every <laughs> single week. Um, but, you know, I observed a ton of things happening, you know, within these drills that weren't even about the drill itself. You know, how, what are right. people saying on the sidelines? How are they responding? Yes, I learned things from the drill. And those were things that I, that I wanted to see in a, a partner and, and, you know, kind of co-parent. But... They ended up being so much more useful for a lot of information outside of, you know, that specific skill set or quality. I love the drill in episode two. I, I am so excited for everyone to see it. I feel so cute that Alyssa and I got to watch the first three episodes, but the drill in episode two really got me. I was like, I wonder how my boyfriend would do in this now. Yeah, it was a real, <laughs> uh, like, have you seen the movie Force Majeure? Um, or it's downhill. It's, uh, they remade it as an American movie. There's a movie about like, what would you do essentially if you thought, if you were with your family and you thought an avalanche is coming and there's like fallout from what the, the dad decides to do. And this next episode really (laughs) reminded me of that. And I was like, you know, it's good to know. It's good to know. (laughs) It's good to know. I think this whole show speaks to that. You know, everyone thinks they know what they would do, but do you really know, you know, and to your point, like Mm -hmm. this drill really shows that and I'm willing yeah. to bet it even surprised some of the men about about their reaction and and gave them something to think about right but so we got to ask you what is it like kissing so many guys back to back that is something I think about on the bachelor all the time and it must just get normalized but I n- have to know like what the what the take is from someone who's actually done it you know yeah you know I don't know I mean it is a little awkward you know I think dating in this context is a little bit awkward. I mean, I think first dates are a little bit awkward, right? And now there's a lot of other people involved on these dates. But, you know, I think I just did what I tried to do with everything. And that was really just focus on the person that I was with. I really treated these like real dates. They were real dates to me. So I tried to really block out everything else going on because if you didn't, honestly, like, I don't know. I mean, knowing my parents will be watching this, like, I I don't, you know, I probably wouldn't have kissed anyone and, you know. (laughs) that that wouldn't work out so well it's good I think you did a good job and it was very tasteful and you know but it it is an option you could just be making out with 15 people if you wanted to Um, I think that's empowering to have that at your fingertips um what was I gonna say oh were there any other are there any reality shows that you personally watch and anyone you were like sort of taking inspiration from as you went through this process I mean you know I um, you know, I still watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette. You know, it's it's maybe a little bit different for me because I I was mm-hmm. on it. I still love it. Um, I you know, but I think truthfully, to do it well, you have to honestly forget you're doing a show. You, you okay. really do. And I think for me, you know, quite a long time ago, but I obviously like we kind of started up front with. I did have that experience of being on The Bachelor. Um, and I took my experience from that time and try to learn from it and apply it to my experience on labor of love. Right. So I think 
my only regret in doing The Bachelor was just that I didn't stay more present and just enjoy the experience for what it was, you know? So when things didn't work out how I wanted because I wanted that fairy tale romance, um, I was disappointed, right? So I think I took that lesson and I knew that I just had to be present and in the moment every step of the way and trust that things, you know, were going to work out how they were meant to. And that's, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, that really allowed me to kind of step away and just feel like really great about the whole experience. But yeah, I mean, you have to go for it. <laughs> I think that's so smart. And I, and that's, kind, you know, one of the other things we were wondering is, uh, you know, sometimes you hear afterwards on The Bachelor or on certain shows like this, it feels like people feel like a producer sort of manufactured a certain controversy or whatever it is. And um, it sounds like from what you just said, like you were trying to stay present and treat it as, everything as it comes to you rather than like what the motivation be- behind each move or each moment was. Was that something that you thought about at all, having been on The Bachelor? I, I really did because, you know, at the end of the day, you can't know everything that's happening. Um, it's also a lot, you know, coming at you all the yeah. time. Like you were saying, you were just dating 15 men. It sounds lovely and it's super fun. It's also very <laughs> overwhelming. So, yeah. you know, I think part of it too is I had really said going into this that I wanted something different. You know, I was really open to a different type of man, um, to a lot of different possibilities. So I think I really made a conscious effort of going into every date with an open mind and an open heart and just focusing on that man and what kind of connection we had. How did, how did I see them as a father? Um, and I honestly think that's probably the best thing I did in this whole experience was just really trying to get to know everyone that I could and not prematurely making decisions about people. Did you find that the guys that were selected were, and they're so, they're all so cute and they're also varied were a lot of them kind of typically your type or were there a lot of like how what was the conversation like between you and the people who were selecting the men you know it's so funny that you say that because I actually think I kind of heard rumblings from the men that they were so confused about who my type was because they could not find (laughs) similarities between each other but the thing is is like I could understand why each of the men were selected like really they're you know and I think truly if you looked at my dating history the men I've dated are quite different from each other you know I think what I do look for is, is, you know, those kind of things I, I mentioned of actually wanting in a, in a partner and someone that I would see as the father of my children. But I really look for someone who knows who they are, who has confidence, you know, who has things they're passionate about, who has a well-rounded, developed life. And some of the details about what those things are is not as important to me. It's just that you have them, you know. So I could see things in each of these men that appealed to me and made sense to me. But I also kind of loved that the guys were completely confused about this. So, like, they they didn't know what to do, you know. They, it's almost like they couldn't play the game because they didn't know exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> they didn't figure it out. I love that. It's so, And so many of them are so lovable. It's just such a, a great group of guys. I really – you had your work cut out for you. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where this is gonna go, but I have to say I took a real liking to Matt very early on and immediately looked up his pro wrestling photos. And I just have to know if you've seen pictures of him in his speedo in his wrestling day. I mean, I may or may not have googled that. Yes, 
I thought that I thought he was very endearing. So, you know, I hope he at least if if it's not who you end up with, you know, goes out as a good guy. I don't want any surprises about Matt because I like him so much right now. I mean, your instincts <laughs> are, are great. You know, Matt uh, up, up front is one of the men that I, I clearly could see, you know, is ready to be a partner and a father. You know, I think it's probably what you saw as well. I mean, he stands out right away as that guy. Yeah. yeah he is. He's so it. lovable. We have one more last comparison to The Bachelor that Alyssa first <laughs> noted, and she's totally right, is that your guys' house oh, yeah. on Labor of Love is so much cooler than The Bachelor yeah. Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these two big, gorgeous, like, properties right next to each other on this beautiful hill. Like, are you kidding? What was it like living there? I mean, it was insane. I mean, and first of all, like, I think they did such an amazing job of decorating my house in my style. So I think I had these like, distorted perception of reality that somehow I was going to get to keep the house at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't happen. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. If I was just in a giant mansion, like perfectly tailored and decorated to me, I would be like, no, I don't need to go on dates today. I'm going to be here <laughs> in this beautiful home. I mean, we did spend a lot of time in the houses though. So it, I think it was important. And I think creating a space that felt like me, I mean, a very glamorized home that I would love. It felt, felt like home to me. You know, I think that was an important part of the process because this was, you know, this is a very real thing and anyone involved in this was taking it very seriously. So I think, um, your point is a good one because, you know, there are these romantic dates and, you know, these crazy drills going on, but I think it was intentionally home centric because of Mm. what, we had at stake, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that works really well with the whole process. That makes a lot of sense. I'm very excited to see the kind of like fan feedback that you get. And I'm wondering, I know the the show just came out, but like is, have people started to reach out to you at, at people who are just like really connecting to your journey at all? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Like I, you know, at the end of the day, this is, this is my journey and I have to own that. You know, I do honestly feel like it's representative of so many women today. And and that's what I hope resonates, you know, and if we can rock the status quo a little bit and open new doors and possibilities, that's so worth it for me. But to be honest, Mm -hmm. I expected some strong initial backlash from this because I know it's controversial, but you know, nothing is going to change without controversy, right? So I had to be willing to kind of take the heat. But to be honest with you, people have been super supportive. Um, You know, my friends and family, of course, but I have had some kind of random people, even men reach out to me um, and not even being creepy, to be honest with you. They're just saying, hey, this is really cool that you did this and just know I'm I'm rooting for you. And I'm not saying there won't be controversy coming because no doubt there will be. But for me, I truly have really only gotten a positive response and support from people that I know and people that I don't know. Um, and I think that says a lot. So I love that. And that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me because it is, like I said, you're opening up in such a very special and vulnerable and like, it seems like unique way in terms of like being a show, but it's an incredibly human experience that you have that I think so many people and men and women, like you said, are going to relate to. So I think Mm -hmm. that's very exciting. And I think you're going to get a lot of love. Yeah, I hope so. And I think, you know, um, you know, what you've seen already is I think people will be surprised too just by this group of men, you know, I think, Mm -hmm. 
like, like you said, I mean, this is really a great group of men, you know, everyone is accomplished and well-rounded in their own right. And, you know, has, has these interesting, cool things going on in their life. And they're also really ready for something serious and start a family. So I think that's really inspiring just to know that those men are out there. Um, and I think they, they really put themselves out on the line too, you know, and I'm really grateful to them for that. Um, and I, I think it's so cool that like you mentioned that, um, some guys were reaching out to you as well, because I think a lot of times, you know, you don't understand another person's perspective unless you're in their shoes. And it's like, you're very open about, you know, conversations that you've had as you're dating and as you're looking for a partner and hopefully it, uh, it not only reflects women's journeys, but also changes some perspectives of guys as well. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, it, it's like I'm doing this for the ladies in the end, you know, no, I mean myself, but it's like I really <laughs> hope this opens doors um, for women. And I just hope that anyone else out there who kind of maybe didn't get the story they wanted up front, like I just want them to realize that they still have options, and they have possibilities and they can have a better story than they initially thought, you know, but you have to keep putting yourself out there. And and I do really think you have to go after your own dreams. And that's what this is about. You know, whether that's from my perspective or the men's perspective, it's, it's about taking big chances, um, because you believe in making your dreams happen. So I hope that is the story that really comes through at the end of the day. Wow. Well, that's like, an incredible note to end on. I don't think we can I know. that. <laughs> I had like my hand over my heart. I was like, I oh know. my God. <laughs> um, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on Table Flipping, Christy. We are just so starstruck getting to talk to you. And we're excited to see where this journey takes you. I know. I, it's like it's so hard for me not to ask how it ends. I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so excited for everything to come out. So we'll, we'll have to talk again. Yes. yes. Everyone keep watching and, um, you know, open your minds and hearts to everything in this uh, while, we're, while we're all in our living rooms right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thank you, Christy. Christy. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye.